The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here along with Gary Hogan and Ron Foxcroft. Uh, not all of them with Fox Group Private Wealth Management, <laughs> but you know the ones that are. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you all. We got a full house here, Don. Explain what's going on. Yeah, all, almost all the, all, all the little boxes in the screen are filled up here. And you know what? That really comes down to you. Yeah, they're part of the team. But even if you have Fox in your name, it's good uh, enough. You can join the program. Uh, no, all kidding aside, I'm very happy and honored to have Ron Foxtrot part of the group today. And the reason is, uh, he has been on the show before. Uh, it's one of the, you know, one of the most known entrepreneurs, certainly in Hamilton with Fox 40 Whistles and Fluke Transport. But... Uh, it wasn't long ago, I believe it was seven years ago, in May of 2015, as an honorable, honorable uh, honorary colonel with the Argyles, Ron Foster had an opportunity to meet Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. And I thought, you know, what an appropriate time to have Ron part of our session, because I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know anybody else that ever met the Queen before. <laughs> That's what I said earlier on the show on the week. <laughs> Who else do you know? <laughs> and, and Ron... Uh, thanks again for joining us on this show. But, uh, you know, with these the latest events with the Queen, you know, what's the first things that come to your mind? Oh, sadness. You know, I've, I found out, actually, Don, I was in Calgary at the Celebration of Life for Doug Mitchell, former CFL commissioner. I walked into the room with Randy Ambrosi, the, the current commissioner of the CFL, and I was met by Her Honor Lois Mitchell, the former lieutenant governor of the province of Alberta, and she informed me that the queen had passed away. And, uh, you know, immediately, immediately, a couple of things, Don. Um, sadness, you know, uh, even though even though we were expecting it sometime, I, I think many of us in the world, and I talked to Scott Thompson about this, many of us in the world expected Her Majesty to live forever. And, yeah. and I, I must admit, it, it took me aback and uh, of, of sadness, and it brought back memories of the audience that we had with Queen Elizabeth following the tragic death of Corporal Nathan Cirillo. And just to, to give you the backdrop on that, Corporal Cirillo from the Argyle Regiment uh, was um, killed while he was guarding the war memorial in Ottawa. And of course, I was the honorary colonel of the Argyle Regiment. The Queen is the colonel-in-chief of the Argyle Regiment from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. She was appointed the Colonel-in-Chief when she was a princess, before she was actually the Queen. So immediately after, we received at the regiment an email from Her Majesty saying, we are very, very saddened about the uh, uh, situation, uh, the death of Corporal Nathan Cirillo, and we want to express condolences to the family, and to the regiment in person, would you come to my apartment in Buckingham Palace? <laughs> to which we went to her apartment in Buckingham Palace. I went with Colonel Kennedy, Lieutenant Governor, L Lieutenant Colonel of the Argyles, and our CO, Lawrence Hatfield. So we walked into this amazing apartment 
obviously uh, we were nervous and uh, people said to, to us, what was it like meeting with the queen? Well, first of all, uh, she is the most, she was the most remarkable leader in the entire world. And what was it like? We were obviously very nervous. And at the same time, we were very excited. And she had a calming resolve to her and immediately highly intelligent and highly, uh, shall we say, educated. And people say, what was it like and what did you talk about? Well, very quickly, what we talked about was the death of Nathan Cirillo and allowed her to extend condolences to his son, Marcus, who was four years old at the time, his mother and his sisters. She also talked about the Argyle Regiment and how proud she was to be the Colonel in Chief. She knew an awful lot about the Argyle Regiment, about reserves in Canada and about Canada. The other things, once she expressed condolences that she wanted to talk about, she talked about Canada and explained that her second home is Canada. And she loves Canada and loves the military in Canada and made a statement to us. She said, this came from Her Majesty, the best trained reserves in the world are Canadians. And that was riveting. I, I explained this to Scott on his show earlier in the week. That was riveting to me because she said the best trained reservists in the world are Canadian. And of course, we're there as Canadians. The other things that she talked about, Charlotte, her great granddaughter had just been born. And she reminded me that Charlotte was in the other room and she was not to interrupt Charlotte because (laughs) Charlotte was sleeping. The other thing she talked about, her dogs, her corgi dogs were right beside her. She talked about her horses. She loved horses. And by the way, two days before her passing, a racehorse that she owned won a race. Wow. I think that's amazing. The other thing she talked about, her garden, being a mother, being a grandmother. And we found out she was just the greatest listener. She wanted to know more about the um, state of the Cirillo family. She wanted to know more about the Argyle Regiment. And she wanted to know basically how were things in Canada. Don, it was just a memory that we will never forget. Just an amazing, amazing leader, amazing lady, charming and wonderful. You know what? It sounds like you're just recalling it like it happened yesterday, Ron. It mm-hmm. seems like it. You know, and you got to remember that this is seven years ago. She is 89 at this time. Yes. And yes. and here's a person that is a thirst for knowledge at 89. And I, I am sure that didn't just end at 89. I'm sure that lasted right to the day she passed away. Um, she constantly seemed to always want to pick up more knowledge. And again, a real even hand on things. And I, and I love that way she had a comma about her. And I guess when you're met every 
probably major leader in the world, um, and Ron Foxtrot for that matter, you you learn to accept uh, you know the, that kind of calmness about you. But again, I, I I appreciate what you've gone through, and and I look and I think you're right. I think everybody thought she she's going to live to a hundred for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you know her mother lived to ninety eight, I believe. Yes, and her, and her husband was uh, it was uh, ninety nine. So everybody just assumed she's going to go on for at least a hundred, if not longer. So a bit of a surprise, um, but yes, I, I agree. I what a what a amazing story, Ron, that you had this opportunity. Now, did you actually get out to the garden and see the dogs, or did you? Uh... We actually did, and wow, and we saw the garden, and I turned to Her Majesty and I. Uh, your majesty you've done a wonderful job in cutting your lawn and she said that's my john deere right over there (laughs) once a week so i can take my precious dogs out there and for their walk so we did actually see the garden and um it was it was actually quite amazing um it's it's a audience that we will never forget for the rest of our lives. Now, she, had she ever had a guest come to her apartment before that had given her a whistle? Was that a first? That was a first, you know. <laughs> I hope she knew it. I, I'm glad you brought that up because as a gift, we gave her a, a, a framed poppy made out of Red Fox 40 whistles. And she wanted to know the story behind the Fox 40 whistle. Oh, that's and, great. And she said, did you bring those candies to poop on my lawn? I gave her a Fox 40. She put it in her mouth. She said, this is better than using a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> so that framed Fox 40 whistle is now hanging in Buckingham Palace forever. Wow. Wow. And I, that's going to be rare. I'm sure she gets a lot of gifts. Oh, yeah. And, and, and what does she do with all these? I'm sure most of them do not make the walls of Buckingham Palace. No, they go into storage. Now, we were, we were told and we were instructed before we went there, the gift had to be Canadian right down to the frame. So mm. the whistles were made in Canada, in Hamilton, Ontario. And the frame was made and framed in Hamilton in Canada. And when we went into her apartment, the four foot frame poppy was right beside her with her corgi dogs. And it was quite amazing. And she was wow. intrigued. And she asked us, tell me the story. Tell me the story of the whistle. So we told her the story of the whistle, how we refereed in the Olympics and the whistle with the P got stuck and, and so on. And, and, and she was so intrigued. You know, she was like a book of knowledge. She always was in a learning mode. And I guess that was part of the intrigue. She just wanted to know about everything. And, and, and I admit we were just so nervous by the end of the one hour meeting. um, We were nervous because thanks to her, she knew we were coming in there nervous. So she had a calming resolve about her to make us calm and it was kind of like talking to you people just sitting there and and you didn't realize until you left her apartment that oh i just left her majesty the queen elizabeth one of the most powerful influential recognizable people in the entire planet Uh, were you surprised that you were you surprised that you met her there in the apartment ron and not some office or some other sort of official uh space 
Scott, that was an enormous surprise because when we yeah. were told to go to Buckingham Palace, we thought it would be a very formal, it yeah. would be like a boardroom. Yeah. But no, this was her apartment. Her, her easel was right beside her. Her corgi dogs were right there. The fireplace was there. She had a grand piano right beside her. Uh, her couch was right there. And it was hard not to look around the apartment. <laughs> like it had all these pictures of the family and the fireplace and so on. The intriguing thing was, though, she worshipped her corgi dogs during the entire hour the dogs were right beside her. They worshipped her as she worshipped them. And the reason after an hour the audience ended was not because of a time limit, was because she said, I'm sorry, it's time for me to take my dogs out to the garden to do their business. Uh, that's great. <laughs> now, I'm sure some of the listeners are thinking, okay, what's this have to do with money? A lot. I don't know about you guys, but I, you know, maybe Ron remembers a time where our money did not have the queen on it. Yeah, uh, because uh, I was 11 um, at the time uh, she took over the realm of being I sorry, she was 11 years in. Well, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I wasn't even born yet. And so she is I've only known her to be on our, our, our dollar bills. And so it'll be it'll be quite strange to see uh, somebody else on those on those bills going forward. But we'll we'll tie this all in. Thank you so much, Ron, for taking Thank the you. time. Um, very much appreciated. That was wonderful, my, Ron. Thanks. My, my pleasure. And you know what? I always listen to your show on Saturday morning and delay my tee off time at Burlington <laughs> Golf. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks we so are much, Thank you. we are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here along with Ron Foxcroft and also Gary Hogan. So stay tuned. All from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. We're coming right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Gary Hogan are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905 972 Seven four two zero. All right, we're going to talk about the economy and the science thereof, Gary. Yeah, thanks, Scott. And I just want to quickly say that was that was really really interesting listening to Ron Foxcroft. And uh, you know, overwhelmingly, the majority of Canadians have only known her as Queen. And uh, as Don was alluding to, so it's uh, quite it was a very, very interesting story. It'll be fascinating to see if they do make any changes to the money, as Don was alluding to, because, I mean, I can see her actually being put on the bill for her 70 years in service. So I think what you might see is, you know, the back of the coin, the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. the king, but I think the bill is going to is going to stay the same. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that, you know, I you yeah. know absolutely right. And I'm I'm thinking, you know, she was queen for 11 years before I was even born, and you, Scott, for that matter. Yeah. And so we, so many of us, and most of the listeners, I'm sure, have only known to have the queen on our money. Yeah, and never mind just that's just the way it is. So we didn't think anything other than this. I. I just assume the queen's always on our money. So uh, it'll be interesting what happens going forward. But uh, what an amazing tribute, um, 70 years at the throne. And I don't know if anybody could have done a better job than her. Good point. Well said. 
So uh, yes, so talking about the, the the science, if you will, and and I, I wanted to emphasize the word science is in quotation marks because that that can certainly be debatable. But the science of economics and how that is uh, affecting what we're all going through right now, you know, we've all heard over time that the study of of uh, economics, you know, micro and macro economics, uh, economic growth versus contraction, scarcity issues with supply and demand, all those basic things. That's what we really think about when we think about economics. But how many times throughout 2022 have you heard someone say, particularly economists, say that, or even just the general public, no one really knows what will happen with inflation, with interest rates, and the economy in general. You know, we're, we're hearing that a lot. I know, I know I've heard that from, from many people. And in fact, many people feel that economists, including the Bank of Canada, uh, can be wrong with their predictions and their projections just as often as, as they're right. And, um, you know, I actually, I actually picked up one, uh, one quote here that I thought was interesting. Uh, an economist was asked, uh, in the next, the next 10% move in the market, you think it'll be higher or lower? Pretty straightforward question. The answer was, if the Bank of Canada hikes, if, if, the, if the interest rate hikes are less than expected and inflation drops sharply, the economy will hang on and China will stop shutting down their cities, then, then the next 10% movement would be higher. Okay. Conversely, same, same economists, conversely, if the Bank of Canada hikes are more aggressive than what is anticipated, inflation remains elevated and the economy starts to, to tank then, then, and China continues with its lockdowns, then the next 10% movement will be lower. So same economist, uh, really just, just describing two contradictory scenarios. So, you know, let's, let's look at why, let's look at why so many people are saying nobody really knows, you know, whether we're talking again about inflation or interest rates and so on. So, so first, I, I thought it would be really interesting to, to look at various definitions of, of what economics is about. And I chose one. So one, one description that I came across is as follows. At its heart, economics is the study of people. It seeks to explain what drives human behavior, decisions and reactions when faced with difficulties or successes. Economics is a discipline which combines politics, sociology, psychology, and history. Or in other words, what that's really saying is human behavior. Yeah. Right. So, so, you know, I know I've commented many times to clients, you know, economics, I mean, I took economics in university, Don, you did too, mm -hmm. uh, but economics, it could, it can be easily debated. It's not a science because it's based on if, if X, Y happens, then the probability is Z. Right. It's always based on a series of assumptions. Yes. And there's always goes back to, you know, that old joke. If you, you know, what would you do with a, you know, if you're on a desert island, you had a, you know, a can and how would you open it? And different, you know, professions and the economists said, well, let's assume we have a can opener. Right. Right. <laughs> of course. Of course. So it's, we would just do this, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think what we try and do in our roles is we, we try and prepare ourselves to be able to explain what is happening. And then some possible scenarios in terms of, of, of uh, more immediate results. Now, the, the manner in which we all choose 
to be consumers. And this is, this is all part of, of economics and how economics affects how we think, how we feel. So the manner in which we choose to be consumers, uh, investors, employees, business owners, uh, savers, lifestyle goal setters, and retirees all contribute to impacting the, the various criteria that, that is summarized and reported and studied under the umbrella of economics. So in other words, how we interpret things based on what our circumstances are and, and how we think generally, um, you know, our tolerances and habits and biases and goals and comfort level are all, are all impacted. And they, and they play a collective part in the things that, that are involved in the study of economics. So we all feel and react in a variety of ways. You know, when the cost of living uh, move upwards or moves down, um, you know, when, when, when the cost of living or prices, gas prices are going down, what happens? The lineups at the gas stations are significantly higher because we, we react to those things. Um, if interest rates are moving upwards, what happens? We change our spending habits. And that's exactly what, you know, the bank can't, any, any central bank tries to do when they're increasing uh, interest rates. So, so let's, um, let's review some of the circumstances in 2022 uh, that we have all been faced with as it relates to how these things make us, make us feel and then ultimately react. So the Bank of Canada has increased the bank rate five times, as we know, five times from March till September. So uh, from uh, 25 basis points up to 3.25. That's just six months. That's just six months. And we're, we're likely going to see another increase before the end of the year. Now, will that happen? Don doesn't know. I don't know. No one knows. But we'll see what the, what the Bank of Canada does. Is it likely? Yeah, it's likely because inflation, inflationary pressures are still, are still moving forward. So the, the inflation rate has, you said, and we talked about this. I remember we talked about this on, on one of the shows last year uh, or earlier this year, I should say. The inflation rate essentially doubled from January to now. After increasing from 1.8% to over 4% in just the fourth quarter of 2021. And I remember we had conversations about that, like things were, were really uh, moving forward quickly as, as far as inflation by the end of the year. We didn't really know what was going to happen this year. And the but- weirdest thing at that time is the lack of any increase of interest rates at yep. that time it took till march and they only raised them by a quarter of one percent they all assumed this inflationary was pressure was a temporary i was just about to say don remember we talked about it. is this temporary what does that mean right and now all of a sudden they've changed gears a hundred percent this is now a permanent issue we have to address it you know what i i often question what would the, things have been different had they addressed it back in december of last mm. year and started to raise interest rates then. Um, and, you know, rather than now, they're really playing a lot of catch up and they're, they're finding they're behind the eight ball a little bit. So yes, it's, you know, it's easy for, again, they don't have a crystal ball either, but we often wondered, and I know there's a lot of us that we're discussing is we were all surprised that they didn't increase interest rates back in December. And it took till March, like that's a four yeah. months of not doing anything. And then as you mentioned, Gary, six months later, this is bang, 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 bang. They've, yeah. they've, they've increased interest rates 3% in six months. Yeah, I mean, and, and we were, you know, we were all wondering what was gonna happen when we were looking at the Q4 numbers with, with respect to inflation. And 
the fact that they they took so long and and now it's very easy to look back and say well that created so many of the problems that we're having right now yes. and to your point don and I, I know that you and i both have had these conversations with clients we're reflecting on that in that if they had identified what was happening in in q4 even prior to that for that matter but and you know smaller increases perhaps more numerous but starting early because uh, there was i remember the the Basically, there was a lot of talk about uh, January 27th, that there was going to be the first uh, interest rate increase for, for this year. Didn't happen. Dead silence. And then now, of course, uh, what we're hearing now is that, you know, optimally, they want to return to a 2% inflation rate. Okay. Right. That's great to say that. But how is that going to happen? And, and over what period of time? And so I think that... Uh, you know, it's a fair statement to to judge those decisions because we're all impacted by it. Uh, yes, it's hindsight, but I don't think that um, the work that would have gone into examining the the economy at that time, um, I'm sure that 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 made it fairly clear that that really that's something that they should have done at the time. So, you know, enough enough said about that, I guess. But. Um, so basically where we are right now, the, the, for the third straight month, our economy has lost jobs. We're down by 39,000, almost 40,000 in August, 40,000 jobs. And remember, it wasn't that long ago we were talking about how buoyant things were. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, economists were expecting the opposite. Their forecasts were, were that we would add 15,000 jobs. So that's, that's quite a swing. Um, the... Uh, the unemployment rate rose to 5.4% in August from 4.9. And I, the bank, from what my, my feeling on this is that the Bank of Canada is, is, is hedging their bets that, that the higher unemployment, the unemployment rate goes, um, the more likely it will be that a lot of these jobs that companies just can't fill right now will begin to, to attract people. Hmm. So we'll see. But I, yeah. I think that's a theory that they're, that they're working with. Um, there's an interesting, there's an interesting headline in the Toronto star this past week. And the headline is the bank of Canada for the first time in history is losing money. Is that a problem is the headline in the Toronto star. And it basically talks about what you're talking about. Very, very quick, uh, interest rate heights in succession and how that's affecting their ability to finance themselves. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, and when you print money, like, like we've printed money in the past couple of years because of COVID, uh, you know, that's, a, that's a, a drastic turnaround. And we're in a situation basically now where, you know, we've got all these things going on. You know, China uh, is, is having significant issues with lockdown still. So there's a lot of products that aren't being made available. That's, that's also affecting inflation. You know, the Ukraine situation is still something that, that we're dealing with. Um, the housing market. Now, who of us didn't think that at some point in time that bubble would burst? Right? Yeah. Yeah. We talked I mean, about it for like a year and a half. Yeah. Saying, okay, yeah. this isn't normal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, you scratch your head sometimes because that seemed to be a, a given that it was so highly inflated and the dynamics of buying homes were just outrageous in terms of lining up basically and hoping that your, your bid gets you the home and, and, and blind all bid. It was, yeah, yeah, you're blind, blind bidding. Right. So, yeah. Right. So, you know, Stats Canada is releasing information now and they, they say that, well, 63% of Canadians own their own home, 
only 22% uh, in the 45 to 54 age range are mortgage free. And 32% age 45 to 64 say they have no real retirement savings. Interesting. And, and 19% say their retirement savings are less, th those that have retirement savings are less than $50,000. So, you know, what's all this economic news contributing to? It's contributing to our behavior as consumers, as investors. And, 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 the, and Equifax is, is releasing a lot of data right now. And they're talking about the obvious things that we would expect. Um, consumer debt has increased dramatically, 8.2%. New mortgage debt has increased by over 5% just from uh, last year, Q2 of last year. Uh, credit card balances have increased significantly. Uncollectibles are starting to uh, show signs of increasing right now. Um, consumers so, with, with credits. Oh, sorry, Don, go ahead. So really what's happening is these interest rate increases are working. Um, I, I hate to say it, but the government's number one priority now is to tackle inflation. Mm -hmm. And and really, they've now said, okay, the economy is now on the back burner. Yep. And we will rather put us into a short-term recession yep. than let this spiral out of control and kind of make up for lost time that they, you know, as we talked about earlier, that should have been perhaps done back in December. Right. And so, how does this affect? What? How does this affect your financial plan? You know what? Um, for those invested, yes, we're going to see turbulent stock markets. You've seen the bond markets, and we're going to talk about this a little later in the show. But really, this is where you got to have the resolve to stick to the plan and talk to your financial planner. Make sure you are well diversified. And because these headlines, these economic headlines will be looming throughout. And again, even this past week, inflation was higher than they expected. And so, you know what, as to your point, it likely will be an increase of interest rates. But again, these, anytime we talk about long-term financial planning, the key two words there is long-term. Right. We have to always talk of a long term because it is so easy to get caught up in this. And I also have a lot more faith in the people running companies to pivot during times of recessions and everything else, because not necessarily the economy you have to worry about. It's the ownership of companies. Yes, they do go hand in hand a little bit, but they are not a direct correlation. And so, you know, Apple Computer, how are they? How is Apple going to do as a company during a recession? Well, you know what? Who knows? They just came out with a new iPhone. How's Coca-Cola going to do? This is what you're buying. How's Royal Bank going to do? And so it's all part of an overall portfolio. So again, best it's a great opportunity to talk to your financial planner. Go through it, but don't get the alarm feeling, I, I got to do something. Most of the time, doing nothing and stick to, sticking to the plan is really the best thing you should be yeah, doing. Don, I just wanted to, to add to that, finishing off here, that you know, you hit the nail on the head and, and managing behavior with all this news that's out there. So if the, if the, the current buildup of uh, negative news and uncertainty is causing stress to anyone listening, then I strongly encourage them, suggest that they reach out to their financial advisor for clarity, understanding, and, and peace of mind. Ask the questions, explain what's upsetting you or what you're alarmed about and get some answers. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Gary Hogan are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG at 905-972-7420. Going to take a quick break. We're coming right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, 
The guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Gary Hogan are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Planning for later in life, planning for age 96. Where'd you get that number, Don? I I just kind of caught that one out of the year. You know what? With the queen passing away at 96, a lot of people think, well, you know, that's a fantastic. It is a great life, by the way, to live to age 96. But really, how uncommon is it? And it's interesting for those that hit age. I know my mother, she's listening. Um, her goal is like, always talks about my big party on my 95th birthday. Hmm. So the fact that we're having conversations about mid 90s or even hitting the 100, hitting the triple digits, it's, it is a commonplace. And in fact, if you are 65 right now, one third of men, a woman, will reach the age of 95. Weirdly wow. enough, I could not find one that made it to age 96. There was no stats on that. But <laughs> to tribute to the queen, I wanted to make this to 96. So let's just assume 90, uh, one third of women, age, uh, if you hit 90, 65 right today, one third of women will make to age 95. And one quarter of men actually make it there too. Um, that was hmm. one stat. Um, interesting, back in 1971, 4.9 people, I don't know how you get 0.9, but let's just call it five people for every 100,000 made it to 100 years old. Okay, so that's basically a pretty good sized town, 100,000, and five of you in this whole town will make it to age 100. Huh. Now, fast forward 30 years, it's gone from five out of every 100,000 to 26 people out of every 100,000. So there's been a, a basically a five-fold increase in this 30 years of people making it. Now, still, the numbers are low. Like, that's still not a high percentage. It's uh, you know, 0.025%. But that's, those are the stats in 21. Now, the thing is, though, is that takes into account all the people, all the people that didn't make it to 65 didn't make it, you know, this is the overall population. And this is why we often talk about retirement planning. Retirement planning is, is a long time. And particularly, if you look through all this different things that have effect, genetics is part of it, but do you smoke? Do you drink too much? Do you exercise? Do you have type 2 diabetes? If you go through the list and you take the subsection and say, okay, um, you know, this is what I do. I, I'm fairly fit. I'm not overweight. I don't have type two. I, there's no heart disease in the family. Then your odds have increased dramatically. Obviously, if you've ever been a smoker all your life and, and there's a lot of other related issues to that, then of course, the odds are a lot less likely you're going to make 100. But the whole idea is, what are the chances of making 100? So then I started looking at years. Well, if you're born in 1946, like our guest speaker, Ron Foxcroft was, you have a 6.9% chance of making it to 100. Now, then I went to our year, Scott, you know, 1963, 11% chance. Mm. Well, then I said, well, what about my kid? You know, how, how about Mitch? You know, what's his chance of making it to 100? Almost 20% wow. of making it to 100 if you're born in 1992. And your daughter is how old, Scott? 
20. 20. What a, what a coincidence. I used 2002. <laughs> I knew that answer. And there's a 22.2% chance. Sorry, for a, a female, a 30.4% chance she will make 100. Oh, my God, world, get ready. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, the female side is 30.4 versus 22.2 for, for males born in, in that year. Even in our year, Scott, uh, 11% of men and 17% of women will make 100. Mm. So the odds are less. But still, you, you go back to the 70s, and this didn't happen. So when you're, when you're sitting down with your financial planner, what is your plan, too? We always have our plans go to 95. And then we talk to them and say, well, let's see if we did stretch it to 100. And so oh, I'll never live that long. Yeah, famous last words. You know what? We're yeah. getting more and more people getting to that 95 to 100 zone. And I've got one. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that we, I hope I get invited to his 100th birthday party. It's a male, too, mm -hmm. that uh, will be in less than a year from now. Wow. So when you look at this, that's a long retirement. You retire at 65. Back in the old days, you probably only had to plan about 10 years. If that. If, yeah, no kidding. And now you got to plan for a 35-year retirement if you live to 100. So that means you work from 25 to 65, 40 years, and you were retired for 35 years. That is a massive responsibility to mm. put money away for 40 years so that you have a, 30, a good 35-year retirement. And- so I was working through the numbers and you know what? It's quite interesting. You should, again, the listeners speak to your financial planner. We have a great software program that takes into account inflation. It's called our LPP it takes into account inflation, your spending habits, your lifestyle, and what you need to do in order to create a nest egg that will get you through to age. And we can pick the age, but if we said, let's go to age 96, like the queen, we can do that. You know, what's and interesting, Don is, is, yeah. uh, Yes, no question. People are living longer and those stats support that living longer disability free is, mm. is no guarantee. So that's what we factor in, as you well know, that's what we factor into a lot of our planning, too. Absolutely. So, again, plan to live to 100, everybody, and have a great financial plan that will support it. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Gary Hogan are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Back for our last segment in just a second. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Gary Hogan are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Going to end the show off, Gary, with some financial literacy. Yeah, thanks, Scott. You know, we... Uh... We well know that when we, we speak to our clients, we, we emphasize the fact that, that the more they're interested in, in learning as much about the, the whole area of financial planning, the more informed they're going to become. And therefore, the decisions that they make will be, will be that much more applicable and, uh, and appropriate. And so uh, we're finding that um, for most people, I would say, there, there is the interest in understanding a lot more. And, and 
you know, financial planning is not taught in, uh, in high schools. It's, um, there are courses in, in, uh, in college and so on, but financial planning or dealing with finances in general in the past has really been something you kind of figure out on your own, unless you're working with an advisor. And, uh, and that's why we, you know, over the years, we run into people who are approaching retirement age and they may fall into that category where they, I was mentioning earlier, where they have less than $50,000 and to, to retire on. So, so financial literacy, literacy and, and overall well-being. Um, I wanted to share a couple of things. So LifeWorks, which is previously, previously Mornell Chappelle, released a survey that suggests learning from advisors leads to better financial well-being. Well, that's pretty straightforward. Um, more, certainly far more so than getting your information from other sources, such as loved ones, co-workers, and social media, which again is, is what happens with a great many people. Uh, the survey tracked the sources of financial information that the, the respondents relied on. Family members, and this probably is not a surprise, 37%. Friends, 22%. You know, how many times, Don, did we, uh, we talk to someone and say, well, I, I spoke with somebody at work and they, yeah. uh, they suggested- I know a guy. That, yeah. yeah, I know a guy. Right, yeah. right. Uh, social media more that that percentage is is increasing because if you even if you you look on LinkedIn uh, LinkedIn is is migrating drastically in my opinion anyway in terms of the content and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of information that that appears financial information and it's not always wisdom it's it's just information yeah and I had one one person put it uh, in his his words was it's financial pornography it's just yep. a lot of stuff hmm. that grabs your attention right. and it doesn't necessarily help you at all. Hmm. And so yeah. that, that's really the key is how much is this information affect your life and what do you do with this information? And that's right. what, you know, really our job is Gary to a certain yep. extent. Absolutely. And, and uh, by contrast, 40% of the, the respondents in the survey said they get their information from a financial advisor. So that's good to hear. At least, good, good. At least that number is, is, is reasonable. Uh, the survey then applied a financial well-being index. And Don, Don and I are very familiar with how that works, uh, which showed a significant difference in the overall financial well-being between the, the two groups. People that are getting it randomly from miscellaneous sources versus uh, people that are working with an advisor. Um, the survey also exposed some interesting demographic trends uh, regarding annual income. So households reporting a maximum of $60,000 had the lowest financial knowledge score. Hmm. Okay. Well, households reporting a minimum of 150,000 were significantly better informed. Hmm. So I think there's only one way to interpret that. Um, Age was a factor as well. 20 to 29-year-olds had the lowest financial knowledge versus the 70-year-old and older that had the highest. Now, 20 to 20, I know when I was in my 20s, I thought I knew a whole lot about everything. <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting, the 20 to 29-year-olds are the ones that are really going online. Right. And, mm. uh, you know, I'm not using dad's guy, mom and dad's guy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. they know. But that's and the I'm, and, and, and I'm going to go all in on cryptocurrencies. Yes, yes. And, and so, you know, they have the lowest <laughs> financial knowledge. So I thought that was interesting. Individuals between uh, 20 and 39 were more than twice as likely to turn to social media for financial advice. That was their, their first place to go. Um, 
below 30 years of age, 61% of women and 49% of men um, stated that that was their, their main financial source. Um, so they talk about uh, 56% overall, they talked about the barriers to financial knowledge. Like why, why can't I get the information that I, that I really need? Um, time limitations was one. I just don't have the time. Uh, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to ask mm. questions. And, you know, yeah, a lot of people are going to family members and friends and so on. But there, there's also a group of people who are just going without advice because they're, they're too embarrassed to really share their own situation. And then lastly, just not knowing where to look. Mm. You know, I have no idea. There's no encyclopedia because they don't exist anymore. <laughs> and, and you can go <laughs> online. And what you find online, again, is our opinions and not necessarily anything that's fact-based. Most of the things online that are really fact-based, you have to pay for. Yes. Yeah. And their courses. And they're the, there's, a F, um, there's FPA in the U.S. And there's a CFP. Um, but again, most of those aren't what people are looking for when they're researching online. And this is what it's really important is look at where they're getting the information. But it's so easy simply just to Google. And then, first of all, the first page is usually ads. So yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's very difficult to get to the real truth. And that's what, again, um, thankfully for that reason, we have very good jobs here, Gary. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. No shortage of that. Yes. <laughs> All right. We have been planning our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Gary Hogan have been here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Thank you, gentlemen. Another great show. Have a great week. Yeah, you Thanks, too, Scott. Scott. Thanks. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.